Hello, everyone. You should see the preparation that goes into starting an episode. Yes, it's a lot. Close your computer. <laughs> Lindsay's got her computer open, and there's like photos of me from a photo wait. shoot, and it's making me sick to look at. It's making me friggin' sick. Uh, this episode is all about self-love. Yeah. This episode's about looking at photos of yourself all day long and saying, wow, she is that bitch. Oh, what's up, everyone? Welcome to Almost 30. Welcome. Hope you're feeling good and... Yeah, just sending you guys lots of love today. Lots of love. I'm feeling freaking alive for this episode today. Mm-hmm. So it's a good alive. one with Susie, Susie Batiste. Suze is on the podcast, but before we get into it, we were talking in the episode about, about a lot of things. Uh, one of the things that stuck out that I'm thinking about just kind of headed into the new year is like where I'm in little and big ways, like shaming myself, Mm -hmm. just having those moments of just like kind of sneaky disgust, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's usually from some past programming, but it was really interesting to talk to her about her story with shame and just how she's unraveled that through ayahuasca ceremonies Mm -hmm. and whatnot. But what were some of your shames? (sighs) My shame was, one of them is... And it's cheesy to say out loud, but like shining bright because I feel like it makes other people feel a certain way, whatever. Because I think just empathically I'm feeling into maybe other people's feelings about themselves or insecurities. And therefore, if I kind of fill that space, it feels invasive Mm -hmm. and too much. So um, yeah, that's definitely something that I'm working with. And... I think that just like the evolution of like me, like, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And just kind of feeling like whether it's friends or family who perhaps like feel a little weird in witness of that. I'm like, like, can I share this? Can I be this way? Do I kind of have to backtrack when I'm around those people? Because I, again, it's that I don't want them to feel bad or like they're not farther enough along in their evolution, but that's thinking a lot. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure so many people can relate to those, especially the bigness and yeah, feeling scared to evolve beyond your family or people that you love is huge. Mm -hmm. I think for me, my shame, there's a lot. It's like, I think I have the most shame right now Because I was thinking right before we started, I'm like, God damn, dude, we go from like deep ass interview to like deep ass intro where I talk about my shames. And I don't even know, I have a lot, but I don't even know what's feeling expressive right now. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, also like in the interview, we also talked about just kind of this like specificity with words and focus. mm -hmm. So if like we're talking about shame, it kind of gets me into the energy of shame. Mm -hmm. Mm So also being careful that like, I'm not stuck here all the time being like, okay, so I'm working on my shame. Mm -hmm. It's like, what is the opposite of that that I could be leaning into more? Yeah. That's like what I have a problem with like a bunch of women's circles sometimes. Totally. Dude, it's always in the fucking energy of like, what are you guys most shamed about? You know, it's like, what are you most shamed about? Put your hand on your womb. Yes. (laughs) What is the most traumatic thing that's ever happened to you? What is hard for you right now. What is, mm. it's it's very rarely I have found in my experience a place where you're like, what's fucking awesome? Mm-hmm. And everyone's really in that vibration of celebration versus yeah. like the continued 
cycle of trauma or shame totally. where it's like almost just becoming your identifier or your story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, I mean, you know, I've been to some amazing women's circles that are super profound and special. And I think it's something that if you can do, it's really powerful, especially if you've never felt like safe to be, you know, honest in yourself with women. But I don't know. Sometimes it's that same vibration of like, I'm yes. ashamed or I'm all these things. And it just becomes your story, you know. Um, but it was cool in our interview with Susie, which you guys will listen to today. We talked about um, the scale of consciousness, which is actually fascinating. And she was talking about shame. And the scale of consciousness was basically written by David R. Hawkins. He was a psychiatrist. And in it, it describes, he did a bunch of studies. He did 250,000 studies. Whoa. Yeah to define a range of values, attitudes, and emotions that correspond to levels of consciousness. So what values, attitudes, and emotions correspond to consciousness? And when he did his study, he basically mapped the frequency level of certain feelings, emotions, and attitudes to the frequency, to the frequency level. So basically saying that when we're looking at shame, it has the lowest vibrational frequency, whereas we're looking at enlightenment, and the feeling of enlightenment, it has the highest vibrational frequency. Mm. So you move on his scale where you have the lower vibrational frequency feelings at the bottom, which are basically rooted in fear, to love where you have the higher vibrational frequency feelings. And you move from the feeling of being contracted to expanded and then eventually to ultimate consciousness, which is the pure enlightenment feeling at the top. Wow. I know. Wow. Yeah. And it's interesting, Kuka, as you move up from contracted feet and fear, you're also moving from suffering to flow. Mm. So love is flow, love is expanded, fear is suffering, fear is contracted. And the feelings on here are basically like shame at the bottom, then guilt, then apathy, Mm. then grief, then fear, then desire, then anger, then pride, and then moving to courage, neutrality. And then it's almost like neutrality resets Mm. as the baseline where you move from getting by to flow. You go from willingness to acceptance, to reason, to joy, to love, to peace, and then to enlightenment. It's like a cool, not just with feelings, but you can even kind of filter through things that you do through that system where it's like just feeling into, is this, does hanging out with this person make me feel expanded or contracted? Mm -hmm. Does it make me feel shame? Does it make, you know, it's like kind of a cool system to float things through to see where you're at. Yep. And so what it was, and I love it too, because he was... um, a PhD in like applied kinesiology and he went to all these places. But so the numbers on the scale, like the vibrational, the logarithmic calibrations is basically, like I said, measured vibratory frequencies, which increases to the 10th power. But what's interesting is that each level, there's a barrier that people hit and the growth barriers happened at 200 and 500. So basically these two barriers is almost like when you move from suffering mm. to the next level and when you move from to, from that next level to flow. So there are like almost like spiritual awakening moments that really happen that shift people from the one level to the next. I'll say it once. I'll say it again. Why isn't this taught in school? I know. <laughs> this so... should be the chart that covers the food pyramid. Yes. Okay. <laughs> It says 200, when you hit to 200, the level of courage represents a profound shift from destructive and harmful behavior to life-promoting lifestyles. And everything below, you go Mm. weak 
and everything above is really where you kind of take your power back. And then the second great barrier is love, the love barrier. Um, and love in this context is, is a way of being in the world. So it's almost like the first hurdle is like getting out of victim mentality. And then the second is really moving into that love vibration. Wow. That's life interesting. Promoting. Is that what you said? Life promoting. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. That's fascinating. Fascinating. Because it is, it's almost when we think about too, from the Ayurvedic perspective, like words and feelings have vibrational frequencies. So that's why when you think about someone that you find yourself being a vibrational match to, you most likely have similar sets of feelings, emotions, or your vibration is matching whatever they're outputting yes. consciously or subconsciously as well. And um, Susie's all about that too. Yes. Yeah. It's it's so cool. And this is a good one because we we know Susie pretty well. So we have known her for a few years now. And when we were in Dallas on tour um, two years ago, mm-hmm. we stayed at her house and we did our tour stop at her house, which was which was incredible. And the ghosts were there. The ghosts were there. The mm-hmm. toilet was bubbling. Mm-hmm. And Every the lights night. were flickering. Lights were flickering during our event. Mm-hmm. You looked up during this beautiful part. I believe it was when Susie was speaking and she has this gorgeous chandelier with a bunch of lights on it. And they just, as if Tinkerbell just got caught in the light, was just twinkling. And I just remember feeling so much joy. I was like, they're here Mm -hmm. and we're here. It was dope. It wasn't a feeling of fear at all, but it was like, yeah, and our our toilet all night. I slept so well. Yeah. Well, we we what did we say before we went to bed? Like I just said, hey, we're here here. for the night. We're so happy to be here. We're going to be gone in the morning. Thank you for letting us sleep in peace. Mm-hmm. Just acknowledging the spirits that were definitely her house. Because Susie, if you guys don't know, so she lives in an old church, mm-hmm. like an old Catholic church. It's got these beautiful stained glass windows. And her room, I think there was like a morgue. I think they had dead bodies in the one room, the pink room. Wow. Yeah. There's like a pink room in the basement. In the back, that. they had all the the dead bodies at the church. <laughs> yeah. Dude. Only, I'm, only I'm good on all that. <laughs> but she's done probably a hundred so many clearings. clearings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like she she goes the extra mile to make sure it's it's all good. Yeah. Um, but it was so good to reconnect with her. We haven't really... Well, you did the Alive OS. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I did her Alive OS, um, which is like a group coaching that she does, which was really good. I did it this summer and it was really just a great, like super diverse group, people from all over. Mm. There was like a woman who was like 74 who lived in North Dakota in my group. She was so sweet. And then Mm. just like a really interesting bunch. And it was really powerful. I felt like the structure was great and it was really great to just get any time with Susie that you can. Um, So I think she's doing an abundance course right now and she'll do a live OS again uh, next year. I didn't pass. (laughs) You're supposed to pass? I didn't make, I missed two sessions. Oh, there's a pass fail. Mm-hmm. Damn. I failed. So shame. I know. <laughs> so I'm a big fucking failure. <laughs> Gotta do it. I again. was hilarious though, because it was like I got the email that was like, you didn't pass. I was like, dope. <laughs> Rebel. I literally was like, okay. Even though I carried a lot of the conversations. Okay. <laughs> you guys in my groups? Yeah, honestly. Did you uh, like I'm talking about impact over time, okay? holy shit Uh, but really excited about this conversation we also talked about um, evolving past your comfort zone we talked about just taking radical responsibility Uh, she went through heartbreak this year and so she shared a bit about that experience she retells a story that we've heard before but uh, an experience in ayahuasca 
where ayahuasca showed her the source of shame and that completely uh, redirected her business, mm-hmm. Poopery, at the time. Uh, we talked to her about leaving or stepping down as CEO of Poopery and that decision and, and walking away there and what she really desires mm-hmm. moving forward. So, yeah. And then just being a spiritual leader. So, how mm. does she step into leadership as being a spiritual person? And I think for a lot of the people listening, if you're, you know, someone that identifies as a female and you feel at times insecure to be that spiritual, mystical person in business or what you do. I felt like it was really great to talk to Susie about that and the work that she does, you know, around that. Yeah. Love her so much. Thanks so much, Suze. We appreciate you. Just FYI, this is the second to last episode of 2020. Mm -hmm. We're going to have one more episode this year come out on the 29th. So we're not going to have episodes come out on Christmas Eve or New Year's Eve, but our last episode on the 29th will be a really special episode. It's a friendship roundtable with our uh, dear friends, Milana Snow and Letitia Roll. So that's going to be fun. And then we got to line up for 2021, y'all. Mm-hmm. It's insane. Get it's ready. going to be so good. We have some of our favorite astrologers and mediums coming through for some predictions and mm-hmm. some exciting things for 2021. So we got you as far as like astrology, energy, feeling into 2021. That's going to be a good one. We have other great episodes and then we have other great things happening here at Almost 30. Yeah, exciting. Uh, We have like a rebirth of Mm -hmm. Almost 30 coming in January, which we're excited to share with you. And then we've been working so hard with our team and then with your insight to create a place, a platform where we can all connect more deeply, more consciously, um, support you, support one another, learn, grow. Yeah. Just like be who we want to be. Yeah. It's like our DMs existing in this beautiful place where we can say whatever we want together in community. We can support you and then we can bring in some of our guests to do like deep dive workshops with you. Mm -hmm. Like some of our favorite healers, teachers, all of that. And then you get exclusive content, extra episodes. Basically, whatever you guys said in the um, membership survey that we're so thankful that you did or whatever you've DM'd us or talked to us about the past couple months and even years, we're going to put it all in one place. Yeah, so excited to bring that to you. And if you haven't signed up for our newsletter, can't recommend enough. It's a, I'm good a little one. partial. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's one of those things that we just have promised and committed to just providing value. I love our check-ins. Like we'll do personal check-ins. So usually it's like in real time processing or learnings. Um, and it's always good to like hear from you guys. Mm-hmm. You reply a lot and it's always nice to go back and forth. So um, you can go to almost30.com and sign up for our newsletter there. Yes. All right. Exciting things happening. We hope you guys had a great year. We'll see you on the last one before the year on the 29th. And you have a bunch of episodes if you haven't caught up you know, from this year that we can't recommend enough. Yeah. We love you. Thank you again for listening and for sharing with people that you love and adore. And we will see you on the other side. Yeah. We'll see you soon. So glad to have you. Just feels like... We're just missing you. It's like so nice to reconnect. And I have so much I want to talk about just from even seeing you, I think it was two years ago mm-hmm. when we were at your house in Dallas and how powerful of an experience that was for Lindsay and I. You know, that was probably one of the first times that I felt seen by someone I really, really admired and looked up to. And it was one of those expanding moments where I was like, okay. I can be in the room with this person. I can stay with this person. I can be in close contact with someone that is really walking the walk and talking the talk and really lives authentically and aligned. 
And when you do connect with people like that, it's like such a good mirror and reminder for yourself that you're on the right path. So you were like one of the first people, you know, to do that for Lindsay and I. And when we stayed at your house in Dallas for our event, it was just so powerful. So glad Aww, to have you on thank again. Thank you. How sweet. That's because you're both so beautiful and easy and open and all of the above and Aww. ambitious and you're like a multifaceted diamond, both oh. of you. We love you. Oh, Thank you, you. You got it all. I look at those Thank photos you. and I think you've got a lot of Botox before you left. <laughs> Me and Lindsay had just moved to LA and we were like trying Botox. I honestly was like, where are my eyebrows were fucking one expression. They were they were literally like triangles. I was so enthused. Like I was like, yo, that was such a lesson for me. I'm like, oh, I never want to do that again. But same. Besides my warm heart and looking and your whole team and being at your house and just mm -hmm. experiencing the beauty of, of what you created at your home, I was like, wow, the Botox needed to chill. <laughs> oh, <thank you. laughs> so funny. I know I've had it before in the past and I'm always like, like <laughs> <laughs> you can't move. Yes. Like nothing moves. But then I see other people, or I think it looks good, and I see other people, I'm like, they just move. It, so <laughs> 100%. it was weird relationship, right? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, well, one thing I've come up with lately is there's not much you can do other than just being happy inside, right? That's what radiates out. Mm -hmm. Like shit, because trust me, I've tried it all. And it's like, fuck, I'm still here, right? Oh, can we say yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're okay. saying fuck these days. For sure, saying fuck. That is so true. That is, yeah, I, I've noticed that just throughout my life when I've been in places where I've been more prone to kind of like self-loathe and how that's shown up physically, how that's shown up like aesthetically. And I look back at pictures of myself from certain years. I'm like, wow, it is so, so telling. How have you, like, especially this year, how have you been able to really, because I just see you and like you radiate mm -hmm. and I know, you know, not every day is the same, but how have you been able to maintain that? Yeah, I think really, you know, right now I'm teaching a course on abundance and I can either get caught up in a lot of stories about how horrible things are or, and I can still have compassion and, you know, hold space, but then also I can look around at my reality and go, my reality is I'm doing really good. You know, that's the truth. The other is some version, some story that, you know, that I don't even believe. And I remember this, I was going down to Peru, you know, doing ayahuasca in one of my early days. And I'm in this little restaurant and um, there's like a little, you know, it's like in the jungle, like Kidos, and there's this little TV in the restaurant, all those, you know, they have TVs running and there was a war on TV. And my husband at the time was like, look, look at the war. There's a war going on. And I remember looking around and I was like, I don't see the war, right? And he's like, no, it's right there. And I'm like, I see what you're seeing on television. But my reality is I'm not experiencing a war. So mm -hmm. where is the war? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it was this moment when I could sort of separate myself and still go, wow, I have compassion. There's some war going on. But my reality is there's not a war. And I'm grateful right? So then I go from a place of gratitude and that's how I shift. And it's, it's really tricky. Some people are like, you're in denial. I'm like, not in denial at all. 
I'm actually rooted more in reality because mm-hmm. my reality is I'm doing pretty freaking good, you know, and I can still um, do charity work and, and, and help with causes, but I'm not doing it from the place of fear. Like we're all going to die and this is all horrible. I remember mother Teresa said um, they invited her to a, you know, a protest on war. And she said, well, when there's a peace, you know, uh, movement, let me know and I'll come there. So mm-hmm. it's just that different energetic that I try to keep myself in is go, okay, what is reality? Like what's real here? Cause I can get caught up in all kinds of stories. You know, I did that from religion when I was young, you know, the devil's going to get you and you're going to go to hell to, you know, there's a, a war going to happen. There's always something, yep. right? Mm-hmm. It's just like, it's like right now it's the pandemic, you know, it's COVID. Oh my mm-hmm. God, that's the bad thing. But there's been so many bad things over my life. And I kind of go, you know, the reality is I don't have COVID. I'm doing pretty good. You know, yes, I have compassion. There are people that are, and my heart goes out to them, but I also have to stay rooted in my truth and my reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was my biggest thing for everyone this year was like, I, I had to remember... I woke up healthy. I had great water. I have great relationships. I have a job. I still love it. You know, it's like, what is actually true for me? And I feel like this year has been super interesting because I don't feel, I feel outside of it a little bit. Like I feel completely detached and I think people will continue to detach. But I think it's also interesting too, what you're talking about is like the energy that we come at things with. And I think that's been really true for this year where I saw a lot of people acting as an example with voting, <laughs> they were voting against something rather than for something. And I think when we come at things with the energy of being against something rather than being for something, we can continue to perpetuate the same reality that we currently are in, whether that's voting or whether that's um, you know with your body or relationships or whatever it is. And I think that that, once we really are able to learn that as a culture, as a species, as a society, that is when things will completely change where it's like, I'm actually voting for whoever you vote for, peace, whoever you vote for is fine. But it's like, I'm actually voting for the belief of like, peace on earth, minimum wages increased, whatever it is, rather than against what you're wanting to remove. Yeah. Because the against actually, I love where you're going there. It just keeps perpetuating the same. Right. Mm-hmm. So if you actually look, I've been studying a lot about conscious language. And, you know, if you look at manifestation, you know, you don't say, you know, I don't want to not be poor because then you're just imprinting poor. You know, what yes. you want to do is say, you know, I live in abundance. Right. And truly look around and notice the abundance you have. So, yeah, completely. The, the word against is like very, like, mm-hmm. to your point of that conscious language, I think of like how it feels. And the word against is like very closed, very contracted. So yeah, that's really, really interesting. I've been most of my life fighting and and just recently, you know, I had something happen and, oh, it's just like, I've worn myself out with the story. I I told Mm. you at the beginning, I'm just exhausted. I'm Mm. like, oh, I'm just tired of fighting. Like, let me just accept and allow. There's some Taoist principles, Mm -hmm. like just accept and allow. But, you know, the the mind has, you know, my mind has this thing where if I do that, then I'm going to get taken advantage of or be unsafe mm-hmm. or bad things are going to happen in the world. So it's always this dance like, oh, can I accept this, you know? 100%. Okay. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. like the the real work is the unattachment to the story and then the unattachment to the outcome itself, you know? And, and I found myself 
quite a bit this year. And I'm curious if how your 2020 has been being really caught up in in what was going on and feeling myself getting sucked into whatever I was looking at online or the media or TV or the news rather than like in my reality or in my experience or in the experience that I want to create more importantly. For 2020, how has it felt for you being... You know, I know you stepped down from Poopery or you or you're no longer CEO, correct? And yeah. you've had, you know, some beautiful things happen, some crazy things happen. So I'd love to just feel feel into how your 2020 has felt. Yeah. Well, you know, when I look back, my, my 2020 has felt great. You know, I actually I felt a little guilt guilty, especially during, you know, February or March and April. People were like, How are you doing? I'm like, I'm doing really well. But then when I look back, like the company lost $4 million bottom line the first quarter. I was going through a really horrific breakup. I just had a bunch of surgery and was in trauma. I, you know, the pandemic was going. When you look at all of those um, stacked together, it looks pretty bad, right? But I actually was doing great because my belief and my practice is that life is for me. You know, again, it's like, okay, this is happening. This is reality. What can I learn from it? What can I grow instead of being in so much fear? So, for example, when a company lost $4 million, bottom line, the first three months, first quarter, you're like, you know, most people would be like, wow, you know, and I was like, call the CFO. Hey, do we have inventory? Do we have money in the bank? You know, what's going on? I get mm-hmm. that. I check my actual reality. How are we doing? We're doing great. Okay, great. And then I became curious, like, what new wants to emerge here? Okay. Mm. Because there's something happening. So I'm not going to go on the fear train. And, uh, and then all of a sudden my assistant walks in and she's like, I can't get any hand sanitizer. There's none to be found. So I call my team. I'm like, how quick can we get the hand sanitizer business? So we were on shelf in like six weeks. So millions of dollars. Actually, we had our biggest month in September ever in company history. And then you look at the breakup and you look at everything that happened But I just handled each experience as it was. And I also don't watch any media, read any news, anything. People tell me what I need to know. And then I can tune in and see if I need to be panicked or do I need to go to the store and stock up because we're going to be, you know. But I I have lived most of my life most recently without getting on fear trains. And it really helps. Mm. So overall, it's been actually a really good year. You know, I've, um, I resigned as CEO. I started realizing I don't want to do that. I can work remote. I can be anywhere I want. You know, I started looking at what do I really value? So I think it's been, even though when you look at the evidence, it looks like it's been a tough year, but it's actually been a really transformative year. Mm-hmm. And I'm not just Pollyanna, you know, bullshitting it. Like it really has been a super transformative year. I feel like I'm more in my voice and in my power and know who I am more, know what I want and don't want. So yeah, like bring it. That's what it takes. Let's go. Yeah. I love that about the, just kind of how the loss creates more space for the new or like the collapse kind of paves the way for something new to come through. What has been like, just personally, you just you know spoke about being in your power and your voice, which we've seen and felt. And I've just loved connecting with you, even if it is just online this past year. It's really, really powerful. But what what have you seen personally just kind of crumble so that like that new that new seed can start to like break through the surface? I think it's, you know, I've been catching myself at a lot of games. 
you know, it's like, what are you doing, Susie? You know, I'm 56, you know, I'll be, I'm looking at, you know, you know, you start looking at how many days you have left. And it's like, not that I, you know, if I died today, I feel like it'd be a really great, you know, I feel, I feel satisfied. Yeah. I, I love where like be in reality and you're like, now I'm looking at how many days I have left. <laughs> and I'm like, and, and I really was able to assess this year when everybody's like, we're all going to die. I'm like, we're all going to die. Am I doing what I want to be doing? Right. So yeah, I've just been able to really look at going, where do I want to spend my energy and my time? Mm. And what am I passionate about speaking up about? Where do I feel, you know, you know, what do I want to talk about? What do I want to do for these next few years? What kind of grandparent do I want to be someday? And you know, my kids, well, my older son does want to have a child possibly next year. What what kind of, you know, these words like legacy, but more, you know, like how do I want to operate in the world? And that has really shifted a lot. And you haven't even seen it online yet, you know, because this has all been brewing. As a matter of fact, I haven't even been online much the past three months. It's been mostly my team. Just I vlog a lot and write every day and they just kind of take stuff. But I'm starting to really look at what I want to do. I just wrote a sitcom um, that we're pitching, a shitcom. We <laughs> wrote, you know, I'm starting my book. Uh, you know, I've just got a bunch I want to do. And I'm like, why don't I start checking this stuff off instead of, you know, running around trying to run a company that I don't even want to be running right now. It doesn't turn me on anymore. Yeah, I feel like people get, it's like once you have your dream, you're like, wait, you know, you almost feel shame sometimes for wanting something else or wanting something more or wanting to evolve beyond it. It's like, well, you should be grateful for having this or you should be grateful for having that. So a lot of times I think it takes like a a different layer of spirituality to not only call on your purpose or live in your purpose or be in and on your path, but it calls on that second layer when you know that you know, you've evolved beyond or it's no longer like an energetic match, like what you did. It was cool though, to be in a live OS. Like it was incredible. I just loved seeing your face. I just like, just made me so happy. And I was so blown away at the diversity of the group and the willingness to go there and the the group. It was so incredible to be in not only the big group and see everyone connect and just be so supportive, but in our small groups, it's like, it was just the most interesting thing to feel this common thread of humanity within these people that I have never met. And I remember in it, you talked about, you know, you stepping into your role as a spiritual leader and as a spiritual Mm -hmm. teacher, which is what I think most people already see you as. But I want to talk about that as like, do you have fear around that? I know you mentioned feeling a little bit nervous when you say that. So is that really what feels most aligned for you as a next step? It does feel most aligned. And do I, just when you said it, my stomach dropped a little, like, oh, you know, it's, I still have like, oh, they found me out. Like, how dare you go there, Susie? You know, I still have some of those little voices. Yeah. What I know is when I'm in the space and talking about spirituality, like, that's what I want to talk about most. Can I do business? Yes. Am I great at business? I seem to be, right? And I can, I can tear up a spreadsheet and I can problem solve like a, any, like a honey badger. You know, I'm like, (laughs) I can get in there and do it all. And what's really seductive is that the world actually praises me for it, right? That's where they see me as. So it's like so seductive. It's like, 
oh, you've got all this mm-hmm. and they see you as this high powered businesswoman. You could just run around talking about business and be a business consultant, make a lot of money and everybody thinks you're great. And, you know, and uh, it's not what turns me on. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm really good at it because of the years I've spent. It's like your ego and- match. Ego match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yesterday I had a really, like I said, I've been going through my own deep process, you know, uh, working through, you know, I had this, yeah, I had this experience where it was my story as a violation from a shaman um, that I was actually mm-hmm. sitting with. And, you know, I had a really hard day yesterday and I get on and I do an interview, right? And I'm talking about a live OS and live abundance. And I noticed like all those problems went away, right? Mm-hmm. It's just like, this is the conversation I want to be having. Like, what are we really doing here? Okay, sure. Business is great. That's something you do, but that's not who you are or what, you know, what, what do we want to be? Whatever expression that is, it could be you want to be the best business person in the world because it turns you on so freaking much. That's awesome. But I really want to help people find out, number one, what am I doing and why? Who am I as a spiritual being? And I even want to know that myself. What kind of expression do I want to have in the world whenever I realize that I'm a spiritual being? Mm -hmm. And those are the conversations I just get into more than anything. Gay says your genius is like breathing. You know, you probably notice like Q&A and the live. Um, it's like breathing. Mm-hmm. It's like, ask me another question. Ask me another question. Like, I don't feel any wobble or um, nervousness. Like, there's just none. Mm-hmm. It's all that goes away. Because I don't even believe that I'm speaking. I believe that there's some form of channeling or something. Um, and I try not to even dissect that because who knows. But yeah, that's where um, that's where I'm for sure headed. And uh, I get all like, ah, sometimes (laughs) I don't know what that means, you know? (laughs) Uh, We've we've been having conversations around like just, you know, stepping into 2021, also whatever that means. But um, just thinking about the support that we need in order to be and to feel what we desire. And so for you to desire to step into, you know, being a spiritual leader, like what type of support have you thus far and will you be setting up for yourself to make that a reality? Yeah, well, um, so, you know, my mentor is Gay Hendricks and that's what he is. You know, he's um, written 56 books and, you know, he's just great. Um, He's been trying to get me out of being a CEO for many years now. So he's pretty happy. Um, And then I'm also working with a Taoist master. Mm. So Taoism is something I've always been interested in. So I've been working with him. And it's basically, I just want to go to greater depths of my own inner being and my own spiritual world. Because, you know, the thing that, you know, I talk about in the live OS is our external realities reflected from our internal reality. So I want to keep going deeper within myself and exploring areas, which becomes easy to talk about. Right. Because once I've already gone there, it's like if you've hiked a certain trail and somebody says, Hey, I want to hike this trail, you're like, Oh, come on, I know it. Right. So with that, you know, so I have these teachers that take me to those areas. For example, this experience is so radical because I have such a story about a violation. Mm. And gay's like, Yeah, this is for you to embrace your own toxic masculinity. And I'm like, 
Wow. What are you talking about? You know, so I have these teachers that would just hand it to me where my stomach hurts and I'm wrangling and I'm wiggling, but you don't understand. He's going to hurt. And then it's just like, oh, there I am. I created this experience, right? And why did I create this experience and 100% responsibility? And it doesn't mean that this person shouldn't be accountable or whatever, but first I need to find out why I created the experience and that's my inner spiritual world that I, and that's the, you know, that's sort of like the Olympics that I go on. And I know it's not for everyone, but it's like, I get sweaty thinking about hundred percent responsibility mm-hmm. because then, you know, Maybe. this guy's got free, right? Yeah. It's like, ah! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How do you, what is like the balance with that? And that was that an experience that happened recently or what was, and I'm, and I'm so sorry to hear that by mm-hmm. the way, I'm, I know that you are, you know, in honorance of ayahuasca and in honorance of yourself and your space. And I'm, I'm really sorry to hear that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's one of those things where I was actually on San Pedro, mm-hmm. um, Wachuma. And, and it's not a hallucinogenic, it's more of a vibrational medicine, but still, and I did have an interest in the person. So it's one of those fine lines, but his move was made when I was on the medicine. And it took me a few weeks to wake up to what really happened until another girl said that she had experienced the same thing. And then I was just, you know, it's like a splash of water in my face. Like, why didn't I even see this? So then I've been going into like, why didn't I see this coming and blah, 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 blah. And everybody needs to know. So I fought for like a week with the community that was there, like really to get them to see that this guy wasn't taking accountability. And I felt scared. It's like, you need to see what this dude's up to. And then I just walked away. That's why I posted yesterday at post or this morning. Like I just walked away. I was like, okay, you know what? I've said I've I've exposed Mm -hmm. as much as I can expose, you know, now I need to look at why did I create the experience? Why would I be even attracted to someone like that? Why? So now I'm diving into some of those parts of myself, right? The, some old um, sexual, you know, trauma triggers and core wounds, you know, the community turning their, what my story Mm. was, you know, Believing him was like my mother living with my stepfather after I told her I was molested. So there's all these stories wrapped up in old stories, which is sometimes hard for us to be able to know what is reality, right? Because I'm layering on these old stories. And the only thing I know to do, which is what you know, you learn in alive, is go dive into those old stories, right? Let's go down to the old stories and let's see if this new story really matches or not. Mm. So that's the only way I know freedom. So I'm interested in freedom, period. Yeah, freedom yeah. is life. Do you ever oh. do you ever get exhausted by this type of work? <laughs> I know I always think about that with you. Like, and us uh, sometimes we're like, God damn it, like another thing? <laughs> yes. whole, like in therapy or yes. if we do a certain experience or ceremony, it's like, yes. oh my gosh. Like, like we love it so much, but then it becomes like the focus of everything. And it's almost like, there is this negotiation within me to be like, okay, so I can have fun or do the work mm-hmm. rather than yes. like being able to do both. Yes. How do you feel about that? Oh, completely. You know, Gay's been telling me, you know, can you go on a vacation where no self-development or self-improvements involved? I fucking love Gay. <laughs> He's like, we're going to schedule you a carnival cruise. <laughs> get ready to rock. Funnel cakes. Okay. Go to the, beach. Okay? <laughs> like, go like, to the fucking beach. Get, get drunk. <laughs> totally. I actually did drink some whiskey the other night. Oh, I like that for you. I love that. I know. 
Oh, warm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I hear you. And, you know, what happens with me is if my life's going great, there's nothing to work on. Right. Yeah. And when something presents itself, it's like, oh, shit. Okay. You know, what do I want to do? And um, I'm learning how to get through that faster and faster and faster. For example, all the beginning of the year, you know, I still had a great life. I, I was still doing work, you know, because I do want a partner. I ended up with, a, a, you know, attracted to a, a boyfriend that was uh, not probably what I would have chosen, you know, with my conscious mind. So I knew there were some subconscious things to tweak, but I'm not so um, attached to that. You know, it's kind of like, okay, so I don't, feel a lot of um, suffering around the work. It's just sort of like doing the dishes. You know, mm-hmm. it's like you eat a meal, you do the dishes. You know, you got a house, you mow the yard. Or you have somebody else mow the yard. Or <laughs> 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 yeah. But there are yeah. some things that, you know, you just got to take care of because they're here. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like, okay, there's, there's dirty dishes. Okay, what am I going to do? And the, retur- the return on those, those quote-unquote chores, like... It's so much more. And I, I feel like people generally, or from my experience, sometimes I'll distract myself with those other things that are like actual chores instead of doing this other work that could literally just pay me back a hundredfold if I yeah. spent a little more time there. So I think that's that's a great totally. analogy. It's like a good investment. You know, it's like, okay. And I was just telling, I'm like, okay, gay, I get it. This is about my toxic masculinity. I can just drop it all. But what about EMDR and these things where I feel these real core wounds? He's like, oh, yeah, you got to do that too. I'm like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I thought, but... (laughs) You're like, okay. Because because they're here. Because they're here and they're real, right? So, you know, if I'm walking around and there's no triggers and my life's amazing, like, why would I want to go, you know, create a bunch of drama? You know, there's no reason to go sit and plant medicine, you know, but if you're in a part of your life where you're really, or into therapy, but if you're in a part of your life where it's feeling, you're feeling that caterpillar nudge of like Mm. uncomfortableness, like something's got to change, well, get in and change it. Yeah. I'll never forget too, when we were at your house, we were sitting at breakfast and you were talking about a ceremony that you had that led you to changing the... I don't know if it was brand strategy for poopery, but it was really like the sentiment before was shame around pooping. And then you changed it to let that shit go or let that, you know, poop emoji go. Can you talk about that ceremony and really that inspiration for that? Because it's honestly one of my favorite stories. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so um, shame, if you look at David Hawkins' scale of consciousness, shame is like the lowest. I think it's like a vibration of 20. It's really Mm. dense energy. And I had felt shame about something, so that was current. I go into ceremony and I asked ayahuasca, take me to the source. You know, I was experiencing shame and it's just like, you know, this grueling feeling of shame. And I was like, thank you for showing me. Will you take me to the source? Because a shaman told me like whenever ayahuasca shows you something, tell it, thank you, but take me deeper and keep taking me deeper. Now, this is a very ambitious way to journey with ayahuasca. So anyway, I said, you know, thank you for showing me we take me to the source. And then I went through like societal shame, seeing how, you know, you look through magazines and you don't feel good enough. You know, mm-hmm. there's just so much. And I was like, thank you for showing me we take me to the source. I went through body shame. You know, all the things I've done to my body to try to feel good about it and all the shame that I had around just my physical body. It's like, thank you for 
showing me, will you take me to the source? Then I went to sexual shame. You know, anything that I felt was sexual deviancy or exploration or guilty or shame when I was molested. I went through all of that. And I was like, thank you for showing me, will you take me to the source? Then I went all the way down to like breastfeeding my kids or not breastfeeding them long enough or not one of my children wouldn't breastfeed. And then my, I went down to my mother not breastfeeding me and how I saw that as a source of shame, right? And I was like, thank you for showing me. We take me to the source. I went all the way down to my conception. And I realized my parents, I was conceived. They were 18 years old, conservative Christian in Arkansas. So of course I was even conceived in shame, right? Mm. And birthed in shame. So it was like freedom, like, wow, it's one of those ceremonies where you get to the nugget. And then all of a sudden I hear like this. And it was like, and you built an entire company around shame. And I was like, And it was like, spritz the bow before you go. No one else will ever know. Stop embarrassing bathroom odor. And I was just like, ah, (laughs) like I did not realize that we were, you know, sadly, but we were selling shame. And I went back to my team and I told them about the ceremony and I said, we can't do that anymore. You know, we have to shift. We have been selling shame and I don't care whether it makes money. I don't care what happens. Like we just can't do that anymore. And what's amazing is they were also on board on board. And then we did girls do poop and then we just had the let it go emoji, you know, a poo emoji tour. So I was really grateful and I'm still catching things now. Like, hold on, no, 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 it's not how we, you know, it's not how we talk. But I literally shifted the entire company's trajectory because of what I saw in an ayahuasca journey. But once you're shown the truth, how are you going to deny it? Either I'm going to be sitting there making money from selling shame, which now I'm aware of, or I'm going to shift that crap. Mm. And I shifted it. Wow. Wow. The... The sh- the ancestral shame is mm-hmm. so interesting, and we've been having conversations actually recently about just kind of ancestral work. Have you done any work on healing your ancestry, um, and how how have you done that? If you have, yeah, I've done it with a lot of different ways. Um, but the wonderful thing about ayahuasca in particular is they say you can go back seven generations and you go forward 14 generations. So whatever you shift, you're shifting along the line. And then you look at Einstein that says there is no time, right? If all we have right now is the moment, then it makes sense that whenever you shift your perspective or something, actually your DNA shifts. So everything shifts both mm. back and forward. So I've seen in ayahuasca particularly an an event, like I just saw um, how I had a story that men hurt me and I got to see how that came from my mother and her mother. And like, it was like this whole history. So as I rectify that within myself, it also changes the past and it changes the future lineage of even my daughter, right? Because that's the way it works and, and DNA changes. I just had some some work done. I had you know some stuff with my nose, and uh, I remember John Amaral. He said you've actually shifted the architecture of your DNA. You don't look like your mother anymore. Mm. And I was just like, oh my god! I actually had my deviated septum fixed, but it was amazing that I was actually true. You know, I was like, shit. So. When we shift things on, and I'm going to talk about plastic surgery at some point. I don't want to do that now, but I will be coming out talking about a lot of stuff in the future. 
Awesome. Um, But (laughs) whenever we shift on one plane, because there's three planes, there's the physical, and we learned this in Life OS, there's the physical world, there's the mental plane, and there's the spiritual plane, as above, so below. Everything exists on all planes. So whenever you shift something on one plane, it literally shifts on all, and it shifts in all time, because there is no time. So it literally has changed. So you can go back, and I've done past life regression, you know, I've done... Um, people, you know, I remember going back in a breathwork workshop where there were these nine generations of women and, uh, you know, I got to heal some of that, but, and I'm not sure how much it's really ancestral, like past life regression. Did that really happen in a past life or is it a vibration within my particular DNA? Mm -hmm. Did it happen to someone in my family at some Mm. point? And I've inherited that because think about, think about how much, how many vibrations you have of everybody that's ever lived. Yeah. You know, it goes back to all times, you know, so you are carrying a part of that within you. So, um, yeah. So that's how I've done it is just really whenever it comes about, I don't really go digging in there. It's more like if I have an experience, I go back to the memory and then I can see with compassion how my father, if that reminds me of something my father did, how my father actually inherited that and how that went on. And that's what I think helps heal yes. is the compassion for they were doing or they're really their best, mm-hmm. you know, so they got this from someone, from someone and someone at some point has to stop the game. You know, and the question is, am I going to be the one to do that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you were talking about um, with changing the direction after having that ceremony with shame and you come to your team and you're like, I had this realization, we're going to change how we speak to our customers, clients and really change our strategy. Like... Did you ever have any have to get over or have any fear of being like such a spiritually led leader or have shame around that like divine feminine creator vibration that changes her mind and that is more intuition led than anything outside? Uh, every moment of every day. Yes. You know, it's because I'll just say I wasn't. I won't put this off on everyone else. I was not, I was raised in a patriarchal society and structure. So whenever I bring in things like intuition and reflection and those things, it, it butts up against what I've been taught, you know, and I know that whenever someone else is in my room, you know, if they're on my team, I can see them and it's not resisting me. What they're resisting is everything they've learned to date. So now they're going to have to trust something different, which we know that how that is, right? Because then just trust is involved. And trust is built over time. So over time with me leading them, I've been, I used to be more forceful, um, but more recently I try to be more patient with them and let them know like, listen, I, this is all on my back. You got to trust me here. I have a gut feeling. We're going to go for it and let's see what happens. The worst thing that's going to happen is we're going to fail, but you know, we're all going to live. That's the good news. So I talk to them like that and then they're more able to receive and go, okay, you're taking responsibility. This isn't me screwing up, you know? So I have to take all the responsibility so that they're relieved. And also, you know, everyone's so programmed. I was so programmed to want to win, you know? So also breaking apart that structure, we might fail. We really might. That might really happen, but we're going to have fun doing it, which is why we play a game, Mm. right? You play a game. You don't know if you're going to win. You play it because you're having fun. You know, so just trying to get that 
into a corporate environment is challenging. I'll tell you, it's not easy. And I can imagine um, that was healing for the people that worked for you to be able to to kind of release that potential shame of failure of I didn't do it right or well enough and just like freely do and give it their all. I can imagine that like disseminated into their own personal lives as well. Cause just hearing you say that is so, so powerful. And on the radical responsibility piece, just through the lens of like leadership, I'm really interested in, especially just like stepping into what next year brings and what has that meant for you as a leader to take radical responsibility? Well, I'm still dancing with that one. I'll tell you, I don't have it completely figured out. You know, I still want to go like, you know, you should have done this and we should have done that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh boy, you know, so 100% responsibility is a very, um, it's a master's game, you know, and I'm still learning to master that. Um but it's it's a game I want to. What I'm really clear is I don't want to run or manage anything anymore. Um, that's just not... So my work is can I keep releasing control so I don't have to manage? Mm. And I'm still in process of that. You know, I grew up with, you know, um, a bipolar father. And, you know, I grew up with a lot of need of responsibility, a belief that I had so much responsibility and didn't get to be a child. So, you know, this is ingrained within my structure, you know, so that's my life's work is can I keep releasing control and can I keep releasing control and stepping down as CEO of Poopery was one of those big moves. It took me four years, but I just kept doing work and kept doing work and like, okay, okay, here we go. Here we go. Can I just let go? Can I just let go? Mm-hmm. And once I did, there was, there has never been a single like regret in my body. Mm. It's been like, oh my God, thank you. You know, so I knew that I had, I knew it was the right move, Mm. right? Because I had done that. So I'm still, I'm still learning that. I'm still learning to let go, honestly. And the more I let go of, the happier I am. Mm. I know with, um, with your work that you're, you know, stepping into as the spiritual leader that you are, you really work with to help people um, figure out or play with the question of, why are we here and what is our purpose? I would love to talk a little bit about that because I know there are tons of people in our community that are really looking for their purpose. They're really looking to feel more connected and alive all the time. Yeah, and you know, it's really funny. I remember hearing Byron Katie go, what is your purpose? What if your purpose right is just to be right here talking to you right now? Mm-hmm. So, you know, let's drop the pressure of what is my purpose because that feels like some really big goal. And what is the cave you fear? Remember, um, Joseph Campbell says, the cave you fear holds the treasure you seek. Mm -hmm. What is that secret thing that you've always known was possible? Barely, but it's so deep within you that you can't even utter those words. That's a hint to what direction you could be going, okay? And you have to get really honest with yourself. And that's when, you know, my friend JP Sears asked me that question and I was not crying. And I just said, I'm a spiritual leader. Mm -hmm. I could barely get it out because it seems so 
far in my mind, which really everybody was like, duh, right? But in my mind, like it was so far away. But once I realized that, then I could start making moves towards that. So I don't know if you call it purpose, but it's just something that was alive within me that had been so deeply hidden that I was so terrified to face because I might fail and I might not be it. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember asking my daughter that question and we were in Brooklyn at dinner and she'd been over the table crying. And uh, and her, her thing was that she wanted to be an actor. And, you know, she had been to photography school. She's applying for film school. And, um, and I was like, what? Wow. So anyway, I get her these classes. Anyway, it ends up that she's, you know, already in a master's program because it is something, but it was something that was so deeply embedded in her that she was terrified to speak it. So I would look for that and see what is that? What is that dream that you just are so terrified to even speak that you think you can't get there. Even if you write it down on a piece of paper to yourself, you know, and then start being open and curious about how that can, how you can start expressing or getting closer towards that in the world. So right when JP asked me that question, um, he said, so what is your action step? And I looked down and I see a course I'd written, you know, 13 years ago called Inside Out, How to Create a Life You Desire by Going Within. And I said, I'm going to rewrite this course. And um, I was running women's groups in my house and I texted him. I said, I asked 25 women if they would be my um, support group. And I was going to deliver them a course each week. Um, Every two weeks, I was going to deliver a course if they would show up and they're my beta. And he was like, dang, you're doing it now. I'm like, why not? Okay, let's just get started. So that was the beginning of a live. But I first had to face and dig in and find that thing that was so terrifying to admit. Um, But once you do, it's like you can breathe and then it's like, okay, so what, how could I start moving towards that? Mm -hmm. You know, and it could be, I could just write the course, you know, I could have just written it for myself, you know, so it doesn't mean you have to go out and, you know, all of a sudden, like my daughter, like all of a sudden she's going to go start auditioning for films and get a Grammy next week. You know, (laughs) it means, can she just start acting lessons? So these steps don't have to be huge, but they do need to start being in a direction of whatever that you really fear is, which is so sweaty, exciting. (laughs) This is like my my daughter, she's probably going to be like, I can't believe you told him this, but she's (laughs) literally like, mom, I want to throw up before every class. Like that's how terrifying it is, which is really interesting. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. The, the small steps just compounded. I've, I've noticed like the momentum that it stirs. Like it's just so wild energetically when even just one thing you do in the morning towards that thing and then you do it again the next day and it's building the confidence, the momentum, the energy. And all of a sudden like people start to show up for it to support you. And I just, yeah, that is, it's so powerful. And we're big fans of JP and just curious, you know, in your work with him and just in your friendship, um, would love to hear more about like what what you've learned. I feel like he's such a prominent figure right now. Yeah, love, <laughs> love. Yeah, he's great. I love him. I'm like, you go, dude. Just keep expressing. You know, I love that he's so passionate about just expressing what he feels and his yeah. truth. It's like you know whether I agree or don't agree, I don't even know. You know, it's just like go get it. 
We need more voices like this. Um, JP is amazing. I first met him a few years ago. We hired him to do a video at Poopery. And um, I was thinking about doing a brand. You know, everybody wanted me to do a brand. And I was just like, ugh, I wanted to throw up. You know, like I'm going to be a brand. And I asked him, I said, how can... I said, you have a brand and you seem... And he said something like, well, when people like you have been given what you've been given, it's only... It's, it's selfish if you don't... It's selfish if you don't share that with the world. And I just start crying. I'm just like, ah. you know, within five minutes, I'm crying. And this kept happening every time I would talk to him during this shoot. And I go, who are you? I thought you're like this funny guy, you know? And then he tells me he was a life coach for 18 years. And he's an amazing life coach. He said, but I don't do that anymore. And I asked him to be my heart coach. And I said, you know, could you, because uh, that's what I call him. I call him my heart coach. So anytime I need to be connected back to my heart um, is, is the work that we do, you know, um, mm. and he's amazing. He's an amazing human. He is one of the most enlightened people I've ever known. Like he really, really is. You don't see it on, you know, his YouTube channel right now, but he really understands. Uh, he's very deeply spiritual and not by being spiritual. He just is. And he's, he's an incredible, incredible human. Yeah, I'll tell you, I'm a huge, huge, huge fan. And I don't, I would not have somebody coaching me for this long or in also being a friend that wasn't so much in his integrity, his authenticity, and being as um, expansive and uh, non judgmental and um, really enlightened as him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I've got to tell him that I talked about him on here. He's going to be excited. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah, we're just huge fans of the the expression, you yeah. know, just being able to express, being able to be light with things, being able to speak um, comedy and truth at the same time. So we just, I loved when I saw, I don't know if, I think it was you that shared that you guys were connected and we were just so excited. I just he's, love- he's having a baby. I know. I know. Baby time. He's so sweet. Pregnant. Little baby Wilder. I've never heard of a Wilder? baby. Wilder? I love that. Oh, I love that. Um, So cute. On the, just quickly on the being scared, like having an idea, being scared of it, that's what we should go to. I guess what's the difference between, and I want to make it super clear for people as much as we can, should they be scared of their idea Mm. or should they feel good with their idea or like they're the next step? What do you think? Um, I think if it's the right idea, you're going to, if it's a big enough idea, you're going to feel scared, you know, but it's not the scared, like, you know, there's someone in front of you with a knife. It's the kind of scared, like you're standing on the edge of the cliff and you're sweating and your stomach's rumbling and you're just, you know, you're about to cry because you're terrified. You know, somehow you're probably going to make it, but you're not sure. That's the kind of scared you want. Because if you feel good about it, it's probably not it yet. And it's okay. But, you know, what you really want is to go in there and find that nugget that Mm. just tears you open. Mm. Yeah, because the feeling good is almost like a, it feels safe. So it's like, it's probably only like partially fleshed out or expressed so far. Completely. It's like, Mm -hmm. take it further. So like, if you know, if I were here with y'all one-on-one, I'd be like, no, further. 
mm-hmm. bigger, 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 bigger. And then you would just be on your knees crying like that. Ah. <laughs> That's what we're going to go for. <laughs> Sign me up. Sometimes I think about that in therapy. Like when I start crying, I think my therapist is like, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like I literally like, and think she's like, this was a good session. We got some tears out. <laughs> like, I don't know if this is how I want yeah. it to go. Now we got somewhere. She's crying. She's feeling. Yeah. <laughs> and, and my thing is, is okay, look at this. Like we all thought we were going to like, the world's going to be gone, you know, in May and June, you know, it's like we're here, but we know that life is short. So why don't we even just identify those things that are so terrifying and start moving towards them mm-hmm. right now? We've just been shown that life is very fragile and it can be gone in any moment. You know, lots of us, unfortunately, have lost people in our lives. And whenever we brush up against that mortality, you know, we grieve and we go through the process, but it also brings a feeling of you enjoying life, right? It's like, it can be gone at any moment. Like, let's go, let's do it. And that's, I tell everybody right now, I'm like, okay, people, the world's a shit show right now. So you might as well be digging in and changing everything that you're doing. We're going to wait till the world gets back in order and then you're going to change. Mm-hmm. It's like, dude, right now is the perfect time. Yeah. Let's go. Let's tear it. I'll tear it all down. <laughs> Redo perfect it. Perfect time. Perfect time. Perfect time. Yeah. Last question for me. What do you, what do you want to experience more of this coming year? vacation. <laughs> yes. I like that. You know what's so funny is this year, my plan in March, I was traveling the world. I was going to the South of France. Wow. I was just going to all these places and that's what I was going to do. I was going to be remote and just travel. And then COVID, I was like, so I want to, I want to travel. I want to see where I know that I won't live in Dallas forever. And I want to start moving around and kind of spending time in places. Like, is this it? Well, is this it? Mm -hmm. Is this it? And exploring. Mm -hmm. So that's what I want more of. And right now I'm just doing inner exploration because I'm here. (laughs) I love it. I love that one. What do you want more of? I want more. um, We were just having this conversation yesterday. Play and decisiveness. So I want want to definitely like just find those moments on the in-between and during the process. And when when we get to the destination where it's just like a lot more play, because I always feel like I'm switching to the next thing that I'm going to be serious about. And yeah, I've I've considered myself to be pretty indecisive my whole life and I'm just kind of sick of it because I don't think that's like my true, true nature Mm. or like what feels really good. Yeah, it sounds like a shortcut is you can just decide to play. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Right? Amen. There you go. <laughs> That's why she's the best. Just like we're, just like we're going in here, people. I decided we're going to play. Okay. <laughs> First decision. Um, oh, I want more embodiment. I just want more of that like full embodiment of who I'm here to be. You know, because you can feel it in those moments. Like every, every once in a while, you're like, whoa, this is like next level. Mm. But more of that all the time would be nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good. Beautiful. Funny thing is you're always embodied, mm-hmm. right? How can you not be embodied? Mm-hmm. It's just you're in your head probably. Yeah. It's always true. in your body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
sometimes yeah, I'm hanging out above. Like, <laughs> sometimes I'm like right here, <laughs> barely hanging on. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I'm like, where, where was I? Yeah, honestly, you're like, it's like when you're driving, you're like, what the fuck just happened? I don't even know how I got here. Um, yeah, so, but this has been just a joy and a blast. And I just want to leave everyone with what you're working on for next year. So where can people find you? What can they expect from you in 2021? Yeah, you can find me at suzybatiz.com. Um, you're going to expect a lot from me next year. I feel so excited. Mm-hmm. But you know, I don't have any, you know, that I really don't have any goals or plans, but I have some alive ideas in me. You know, I'm starting to exploring writing and a book and we're going to make it really fun and creative. You know, the the sitcom, um, I just turned down a deal, um, you know, with a major studios. They wanted to do my story and it wasn't quite right, but I want to explore like how is that told mm. um i have an idea for some technologies i want to launch in the world and i've got a lot a lot a few more companies wow <laughs> it's like expansive but what i'm clear is i'm not going to run any of them mm-hmm. so you can find me on instagram suzybatiz.com you can follow me i'm going to be on a wild ride and we're going to see where it goes i don't know but it feels alive and i feel turned on and um, yeah, so some fun stuff's going to happen with Supernatural next year that I'll have mm. to tell you all about offline, uh, but we'll be ready to announce. It's going to go through a radical change. Amazing. Um, it's fun. Yeah. Awesome. Love I'm you, excited. Sis. Thank you. I really feel like I just started live. I'm like, what have I been doing? I've been pissing around before <laughs> Oh now. my God, you're so funny. You're literally hilarious. But how cool are you talking about? How cool. Yeah. Honestly. That feeling of just starting new. That's yes. like the best. Totally. I'm like, what have I been doing? Oh. I'm ready to play. I'm going to be with you. Let's play. I'm going to decide to play. Let's yeah, do let's it. Play. Let's travel the world. I can't we'll, wait to we'll see you. you. We'll be your bodyguards when you need help finding your place. We'll just <laughs> take you around the world. We'll show for you. Yes, you can take your show on the road. Tell Jen. <laughs> Tell Jen we got you. <laughs> All right, Sue. Thanks so much. We appreciate you. Yeah, you're the best. Thank you so much. I love you both. Love you're such you. an inspiration. Keep Aww. shining your light. I love, 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 love what you're doing. Oh, we love you. you. Keep More, please. Appreciate okay, you. Bye. Bye. Talk soon. Bye. Thank you so much, Susie. You guys can follow along with Susie at Susie Batiz on Instagram, suziebatiz.com. Yeah, you're the best. We appreciate you and your spirit. And as always, I literally, she's my number one inspiration. Always. Yeah, dude. Was, In interviews, I'm always like, this time Susie Batiz said this thing. Yes. <laughs> what was the email she sent that was like, I feel like in our space, we always talk about figs, but it was like, people were like, yeah, how I built my seven-figure business, six-figure business, which is incredible. But her email is like, how I built my nine-figure business. <laughs> I was like, yo, I literally responded. I was like, this is so baller. It hurts. It hurts. It hurts. Shitting on every fig. I was like, oh my God. It was so amazing. Um, And we also have another episode with Susie. So you can listen to our other interview with her. You can search Susie Petit's Almost 30 and it will come up. We did it probably two years ago, maybe, Mm -hmm. um, but it's still, you know, just as relevant. Just as relevant. And thank you so much to our sponsors for this episode. As always, we just love, you know, showing and bringing to you the brands that we love and use ourselves and trust. Um, Function of Beauty, Nutribullet, BetterHelp, and Elate Beauty. All discount codes and links are in our show show notes. Hello. Show notes as well as on almost30.com. So especially holiday season, it's, you know, 
It's always nice to get a little discount. Always nice to get a little thing. You can go to our website too. We have all of our partners there. And then on Sundays, we share a bunch of discount codes on our Instagram, Almost 30 Podcast. All right, y'all. Thanks for being here. We have one more episode of the year on the 29th. Stay tuned. And we have so much for you in 2021. So cannot wait to connect. We love you. Love you.